Hello. We are glad you found us. Please sit back, relax and enjoy the show. Welcome to When Life Attacks. One thing I said that I would never do A look from you and I would fall from grace And that would wipe the smile right from my face Do you remember when we used to dance? Fucking Asia! Heat of the moment. We're coming back today. We're coming in hot. Uh, I'm Travis McFalls. I'm James Hamilton. I'm kind of pumped about this episode today. Because? Well, we, uh, we have our first guest. Our first special guest. Special guest. They don't get and any more special than... Than my father. Yeah. Because um, we're that fucking cool. Fuck having your Chris Hardwicks or your Patton Oswalds on. We're going straight to the big guns. And you're Bringing da- in my dad. And your dad's name is... Dad. Dad, well, your name is... John. McFalls. John McFalls. John McFalls. Flew all the way from the East Coast to come see Travis and was nice enough to hop on the show with us. Yeah. So came here just to be on this show. Yeah, thank you. He paid my for my ticket. What a guy. Yeah. yeah. What can I say? Yeah. <laughs> I'm so awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so being that you're our first guest, this will probably be ham ham handed and awkward, so we appreciate that we're able to do this with family. No problem. I uh I'm a little surprised that you went so hot and heavy on the Asia thing. Most of our fans are under the age where they maybe even know who that is. Fucking Asia. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, 40-year-old virgin, they made fun of him for having a framed Asia poster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. They did. Uh, mm-hmm. For me, it's always been one of the uh, earliest songs I ever remember liking. Uh, whenever I would go to my dad's house, you know, he had the vinyl collection. And that was always the record I would just always pull out because it had that awesome Sea Serpent cover on it, you know, and it'd just be like, play this one, play this one. All right, all right, all right. Play it again. All right, one more time. Again. No, no, that was enough. <laughs> well, we're skipping. We have song seven and eight left of our Baby Island thing, but you wanted to do something special for yeah, your pops. Yeah, d- a little something special for the old man. So don't worry, Baby Island people. We're coming back to you next show. Um. So, you know, in our last show, we were supposed to talk about the 4th of July. Yeah. And we didn't talk about it at all. <laughs> Not one bit. We got a little feedback about that. Um, I don't know that it's really great timing this far after. To, you <laughs> the know, 4th. It's almost awkward to talk about it because we missed yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's kind of an afterthought now. Just, uh, okay, like, uh, I had a party. You did have a party. Did the party go well? Yes, it did. Okay, did anything fun happen at that party that would be remotely interesting to anything, or anybody that would be listening? Uh, let's see, after fireworks, I don't remember much. Okay. So, uh, it was a good time. Standard. Uh, yeah, I went to about, yeah, I went about sunup with Obi-Wan and uh, one of our guests. Obi-Wan. Now, have you met Obi-Wan, Mr. Yes, M? Yes, I have. You have? Yep. It's like a cartoon, isn't it? Saturday night. <laughs> and yesterday so <laughs> at Rex <laughs> so supposedly his favorite place <laughs> yeah, Rex is a uh, bar in our area that is uh, basically full of scantily clad uh, attractive young female servers it's like redneck are, hooters yeah 
Yeah, thank you. That's a very good description of it. Yeah. Unless you work there, you probably wouldn't want that description. No, but... Well, they kind of claim to be a biker bar, don't they? Yeah, that's well, right. Well, there was biker night. Biker night, yeah. The there, previous week. Yeah, because freaking Obi-Wan had me sign in for this check-in thing. And, of course, we always forget to check in. So then you like 10 visits, you get 10% off or something. So as a result, we're on their freaking messaging list. And, yeah, Obi-Wan and I were just talking about, uh, man, they blew us the fuck up last week on those messengers over biker night. Check-in. We thought, I thought this was a redneck bar. They have a whole discount they, they, program? Yeah. Oh, Jesus. I don't have enough room in my wallet for all of the cards I'm expected to carry for these discounts. Yeah, I know. Well, fortunately, well, this is a mobile one, so it's all connected through your phone. So now they can just text you at will about biker night, for example. And you always forget to use it? I always forget to use it. And then, I mean, God, you know, like, <laughs> know your client. Like, imagine if I would have shown up on biker night. Does this guy look like a biker? He could fit in. Oh, I could blend. <laughs> you could fit in. I could roll with that. I've them. watched you float around the bar. You talk to everybody. <laughs> Are you as social as your son? Hell no. He will talk, float through every peer group in the bar like he's hosting the and event. He, he has a special gift. <laughs> I, I will give him that because when we talk once a week, uh, if we're talking an hour, 50 minutes of it's him talking. <laughs> Another 10 minutes is me. I get it. Yeah, well, yeah, travel. Okay. yeah mm-hmm. usually. Uh, you hear a lot of mm-hmm from me. Yeah, that's when like, I kind of listen to the show and like when you're going off and then you can hear me going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yep. right? And then like I'm hearing my fucking dad. <laughs> like, right. I'm like, oh, God. Actually, I invented a When Life Attacks drinking game based off of that. Uh, last episode. So uh, for you folks that have a drink in hand, anytime I say the word right, take a drink. Shot or drink? You choose. Okay. So, you know, go at your own pace. Yeah. I don't want to give you alcohol poisoning (laughs) if you're not, you know, equipped to do shots. This is really kind of an all Travis episode because you have an announcement. You have a new job. Um, yes. Yes, so long as they didn't switch the samples of my piss test uh, with someone that would piss dirty, or uh, and then I'm just pending my background check. It's not official, but it's as close to official as it's going to be. Well, they as, said, as we'd like to offer you a job. They, Please take these two tests. Right, and that's where we're at. Okay. I've taken the tests, <clears throat> just waiting for the results, and it should be good. And you're going to be a what? Uh, pharmacy technician. We apologize for this break in the show, but unfortunately, we might have given away some details about Travis's new job that would not be appreciated by his new employer. So, consequently, we had to cut it out. So, we're just sort of biding a little time here while that moment elapses, and we'll get right back into the show. Thank you, and uh, sorry for the pop-in. Uh, my 4th of July was a little different. I ended up going to a public fireworks display. Yeah, what's that all about? And, well, I usually go to the same park every year. And something, because you know how it kind of fell in the middle of the week, right? It fell on Monday? Monday, yeah. There wasn't the same collection of of crowd there. What was it? Just all... It was mostly just kids. The very <laughs> few adults, because everybody worked the next day. So, consequently, right. everything was way out of hand. 
Okay. There weren't the same number of vendors. There were people yelling and screaming, and it was it was not as fun as I thought it would be. So my Fourth of July was kind of let down that way. But I did get to spend it with my wife and my nieces and nephews. They came out to watch fireworks. So that's cool. That pretty much concludes our Fourth yeah. of July update. For I the mean, week. yeah, I guess I, for fireworks we uh, went to a high point. We've got a hill by our house, and we were able to see about five or six different cities' firework displays. So it was nice. We got to do it. You know, with people that you like. It was uh, me, Grumpy, Shorty, and like three other girls. This was before people really started showing up. People didn't really start showing up to the party till after fireworks. So you're happy with like the match head size firework five miles away? I mean, we got to see like five of them at once, and we didn't have to deal with kids running around and all that crap. I want a flak jacket and a helmet, and I want to hope I make it through. Okay. Like, I want to be that close. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I do prefer that experience, but at the same time, it was nice. It was different. It was a change of pace. Kind of just reminded me of, I don't know. It it just kind of took me back in time almost, like where you can just, you know, I I almost imagined it as, you know, just, I don't know, back, I don't know. I don't know how I imagined it in my head, but it, it was different. It was nice. It was peaceful. It was cool. I finally made it out because, you know, I've been working so much. I haven't been able to get to the, the movies. And I saw a really bad movie, which we talked about last week, yeah. Independence Day 2. I mean, it was, <laughs> like I said, one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. Right, right. That was a big budget. That's so, two drinks now for you keeping track. I, uh, I went and saw the new Ghostbusters. Now, before it came out, you remember it got just a wave of support because at because first everybody was so angry that they were, all the characters were female. Right. So then the, the you know, we, you were labeled as a misogynist or sexist because you didn't support the all-female cast of the best female comedians. And it's so all of a sudden I went to Rotten Tomatoes and it had a 7.5, which is a pretty good That's rating. a decent score. Yeah. Thought, okay, I got done with work and I'll go check this out. And it, ha- it wasn't that the acting was bad, and it wasn't that the script was necessarily bad, and this is following form to the way I was talking about Independence Day 2. It wasn't that any one thing was particularly bad. They were all just done in, in such a manner with such little attention to detail that the story never caught you. It didn't sell you on anything. They never really okay. invested in any of the characters, and things were sort of happening fast and furious just you know, so the like characters were just kind of two-dimensional? Very. Whereas, you know, in the originals, you, you, you got invested in all of those characters. Bill Murray's hard to beat. I mean, well, I mean, just from Vankman. Harold Ramis, who passed yeah, away. You know, yeah. Egon. I mean, you loved Egon. Even... Uh, or no, Vankman was Bill Murray. V- Egon, Egon was Ramis. Right. Aykroyd played Stance. Yep. Ray Stance. And then Ernie Hudson as Winston. I mean, you actually... You know, for me, actually, growing up, Winston kind of became the more relatable character. Where he's like, you know, I don't know all this fucking shit you guys are talking about it, but if there's a steady paycheck involved, you can count me in. <laughs> now, last week, we identified I was racist in a previous <laughs> podcast, right? Well, it wasn't, it wasn't by... I wouldn't say, yeah, you just but, subconscious, subliminally have, yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm watching the second... Ghostbuster iteration. This is the second installment in 30 years, right? And third. Uh, well, the second one, though, was the same group. So oh, this okay, is a whole okay. New you're talking about. Right? So yeah. you're watching the new iteration. Okay. Right. And the African American girl okay. works 
the train system. Oh, it's, it, I figured when they she, said one of them's a subway worker. Uh-huh. I'm sorry, but in my head, I instantly I went, oh, it's probably the black one. So she's not scientific. She doesn't have a very good job. She's so she's, she's the Winston stereotypical of the way that um, that uh, person would be treated in Hollywood. Right. And as I said, there might be some conditioning that goes on. So when you talk about things, you frame them incorrectly and slightly racist. So I'm watching Ghostbusters. I don't ever see this come up in any of the reviews. No one is, is hitting on this specific point, even though clearly to me... That she's just playing a black stereotype? Yes. <laughs> no one says a word about it. Uh, no, it might be a hot topic right now. <laughs> We tweeted about, uh, well, not we, but me in particular. I posted a tweet supporting a dude from uh, the Washington Post, the reviewer. Okay. Um, I'm trying to find my remark that I made in our stuff here. I used to love reading the Washington Post until they limited how many times you could click on the website a month. Uh, is it Washington Post? Richard Roper? Is he Washington or is he Chicago sometimes? Which, I don't which know Roper Institute is. is he? I more followed the sports section, you know, Washington Post, Capitals. Yeah. Roper, which one does he do? do, he, do oh, he wouldn't I, know. I, <laughs> do you know? Well, he's in he Washington. Washington. Be Chicago. Is it Chicago it sometimes? Be, I'm thinking Chicago. Because uh, Roper's not sounding. Doesn't sound Washington the Post. The Post. Yeah. So he puts his review out and he gets hammered for it because he didn't like it. For a lot of the same reasons, I didn't like it. Pretty much just said it was a real shallow version of the first Ghostbusters with none of the character development. The script didn't necessarily make a lot of sense. They didn't pay a lot of attention to it. And he just gets hammered. Why? Because everyone's in support of this whole all-female cast, and the idea is that we're all just dumping on it because it's girls, not boys. Okay. Now, when they announced this version of Ghostbusters, they quickly announced that within a year, there'll be an all-male version of Ghostbusters that comes in. And it's what started sort of this whole pro... Pro Pro-girl thing. Right. And to me, I never entered my mind that they were all girls or not. I I don't know why you couldn't just do one awesome movie with guys and gals. The cast actually did a really good job. I'm just saying, guys, girls working together, maybe that's a radical idea. (laughs) You know, equality in the workplace. <laughs> the whole old cast showed up, even Bill Murray, in other roles in this flick. And so you all saw right. all of them, except obviously Harold Ramis, right. who's not with us anymore. Yeah, that's... yeah. So it wasn't like they weren't being supported. Right. They, they were just, you know, the, the whole idea is we're going to get them time. Okay. See, for me, I just... It's hard for me to get behind a Ghostbusters movie that wasn't written by Aykroyd or Ramis. Because to me, that, that was the heart and soul of it. They're both great. Uh, the two of them writing together and just, I mean, specifically Aykroyd, just, I think we've talked about, did we mention him on the show before? Just like how crazy he is into like, you know, UFOs and, you know, that's like his thing, the I supernatural. Don't if we did or not. I can't remember. Maybe it was a conversation I had with someone else. But yeah, Aykroyd's known for his love of, you know, the supernatural, what's out there. And so, from and and you can tell it really comes through in those original Ghostbusters scripts. And so, for me to just, I can't even fathom a Ghostbusters movie not written by Aykroyd. Just seems, I don't know, just seems wrong. Well, I tried to not go in with any bias. Right. I mean, I would try to as well. I'm not going to give it my ten dollars. Well, you had uh, Melissa McCarthy and Christian Wiig both powerhouse female comedians. Right. Then you had Kate McKinnon, who, in my opinion, was the best of them all. She. She took her role, 
as sort of the, if you will, Egon character right. and sort of mixed it with the Murray character and came up with something that was just, she was funny the whole time. Okay. Um, Chris Hemsworth, heartthrob, you know, the, the cat plays Thor. Yeah, I'm not really keeping up with modern Hollywood these days. You know, uh, He was in it as sort of a dumb male lead secretary. So he was the Janine? Yeah, he was, and it was not good. Yeah, I could see that. It was not good. I could see that. It was actually kind of a train wreck, hmm. his whole involvement. And then for some reason, the special effects mm-hmm. felt like... Uh, they felt like superimposed into the movie, like like they kind of ran out of money and just had somebody quick bring some stuff in, like quick fill this space. Okay, it was depressing. All right, Slimer was <laughs> in it, but not notable, mm. and they didn't build any drama for your introduction to a ghost. So the first ghost, there's a little bit of grit, there's a little bit of story. You remember yeah. the first Ghostbusters? Yep. You ha- every every interaction had this nice steady build up. Everybody was afraid to interact with it because who interacts with ghosts? Yeah, right? what's it going to do? Yeah. Yeah, the librarian goes still kind of that scared the shit out of everybody. We get that once. And the rest of it is all popcorn. Ah. Uh, so that you could bring your 5-year-old. So it's more like the Ghostbusters cartoon type. Kinda, but not even as it. Because even that was kind of scary. I remember the Boogeyman episode freaking me the hell out as a kid. That was the animated one. It wasn't horrible. Okay, it wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen, but it's certainly right. Clearly, that's reserved for Independence Day too. Yeah, this is just this is just something that you could probably wait to see on cable. That's what I'm doing. Yep, and maybe you'd pay attention to it. Yeah, I'm gonna watch it because it is Ghostbusters, but I'm just not gonna give it the ten dollars while it's in the box office. Do you think movies, John, are a lot different than when you used to go to... Have your movie theaters where you live now transformed into the reclining chair seat-numbered experience? Black oh, yeah. box. You're just trapped in a black box. Yeah, we got the stadium. No ambiance to it you have whatsoever. Stadium, seating, every... Yeah. And the chairs are mechanical and you get assigned a seat? Not quite, no. Okay, that's how no. it is here. No, we do not get assigned a seat or mechanical. It's or sort of recliner, but... Pretty much where I go, that's all stadium seating. All right. So what's coming is 60 seats in a theater. You can buy your seat assignment before you go with a rumble chair, and it'll be mechanical, and it'll kick out into a recliner, and you won't have people directly in front of you. They'll put walls up in between them, and the tickets will be about 15 to $20 a piece. Oh. That's on its way. That's, that's where you're headed because it's already happened here. And it's a totally different experience than even you and I grew up, because there's some years difference between you and I. Right. The, you went to movies because you wanted to see them before they came out in a year and a half on VHS. Right, right. You, you had know, to get yeah. it when you had it. Yeah, it was a spectacle to yeah. go to the well, theater and do it. Even go back to the early 90s, I remember The Crow. It took The Crow forever to get to VHS. And that was, what, 92, 90, 90, 94, maybe? 90s. We'll just say early 90s. Early to mid-90s. And even that movie, it, it took forever to just get that thing out on VHS. I remember waiting and waiting and waiting. I went this weekend, and my nephew was like, oh, I saw that a month ago online. Yeah, they do that town too. I just, I don't know, the whole movie experience. Uh, that great book by Kevin Murphy, A Year at the Movies, uh, the guy that does MST3K, he just goes into it. And he wrote this. It was being written the last time I lived out here, so like 13 years ago, and just... You know, he, he that was like when the last drive-ins were starting to go away. And basically, yeah, he saw the coming of the whole, you're just watching a movie in a black box, mm-hmm. just a dark black box. 
with cool seats and a bunch of other people around you and just how you know movies are starting to lose their luster and part of the reason they're losing their luster is not only well because we keep paying for these bad movies and so the movie companies keep making them but also because of where we're seeing these movies and it's sort of taken it away from us like our um just the whole ambiance you know you used to have theaters theaters where you had ambiance in the theater and it would kind of create a social interaction within the audience whereas now it's very much okay fuck you leave me alone i'm in my dark black box i paid my ten dollars for this fucking ticket this is my movie and it's like just okay my movie experience you mean there's another way to feel yeah. I've always felt that. Have you always felt that way, John? Did you want to talk to the stranger behind you? You don't want to talk to the no. stranger behind you, but <laughs> no. it's something, but you're all there and excited to see a movie for the same, you know. You're I mean, talking about a shared experience. A shared experience, yeah. Kind of like a concert, but not, you know. Sorry. I, I could buy into the shared experience. I've never yeah. really liked the asshole sitting behind me. No, no one has. No. And you especially don't like the fucking six foot five guy that sits in front of you. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. With but, the big hair. Yeah, all of that I could th- that shared experience I was happy to leave behind. Okay. I just uh I don't know. I think it is I don't know. I'd recommend you read that book. I think you would like that book. Since your dad's here. Yes. I'm kind of curious. Did you always know he was going to be difficult to communicate with as he got older? That everything would be so specific in nature and creative description? Oh, I probably realized that. Oh, about Eighth or ninth grade. That's when he became difficult. He started going off a different track. (laughs) (laughs) I could see communicating or redirecting Travis as he was growing up as challenging. I don't think I ever redirected you. I I think we let you do your own thing. We may not agree with some of the places you were going or going. So when you got in trouble, your parents weren't like, listen... You can't do this. And you didn't retort like, well, why can't I? I read in this book and that book, this is okay. And this person had that experience. I could see that whole conversation taking place. Did that not take place? Uh, that was more with my mom. So you didn't argue yeah, with your dad? Yeah. Well, I mean, when I saw my dad, it was more... Fun time. Fun time. Because yeah. we didn't really get to see each see, other that yeah. often. So like a week that, or two out, you know, a year or something. Yeah. So was, I'm sure if you had my mom on the show, she could probably cite... It'd be like a five-hour show, citing examples of... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. she had to pretty much be the disciplinarian why I was... When you came you with me... You got to be I, the cool guy. I was the cool guy because we always <laughs> right. had fun, shared father. How, how old were you when you got divorced? Or when your folks got divorced? Uh, you were probably five. No, I wasn't because you said... Six. No, because you said by the time the challenger... Well, we were separated. Yeah, because you said by the time the challenger exploded, you guys were already separated. And we already established last episode, I was four when that happened. 85, yeah. We separated. 86 is when challenger, and then 87 you got divorced? Yeah, I think it was 87. So that's the year I would have been turning six, so I would have been five. So you don't even really remember them being together in the same house? Not a hell of a lot. Mm -hmm. I remember a lot of tension Mm -hmm. in the house. I do remember a lot of tension, but... And according to my mom, him and I would always get into fights when he'd pick me up after daycare. At three? At three. And she'd say, you know, like to him, like, John, how can you, how can you get into a fight with a three? How can you get into an <laughs> argument with a three-year-old? <laughs> I don't know. When I don't he's know. 23, right, at the time? You're young, Not right? even. Yeah, I'm yeah, pretty young. We're probably 22. 
Yeah, he's probably sitting there. Well, he's a dick. <laughs> <laughs> probably. <laughs> yeah, you were a young dad. Oh yeah. And so, yeah. how 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 soon <laughs> after you got divorced did you end up in separate cities? Oh, oh, that was a while. That was a while. Because you had two deployments. You had two overseas deployments uh, to the Gulf, to the Middle East there, um, before you got sent to El Paso. Yeah. That feels extreme. I was at Luke for nine years, from 83 to 92, which is, Luke is outside of Phoenix, Mm -hmm. um, west of it. So for the most part, I you know in my younger years, for the most part, I got to see my dad every other weekend. Yeah. It did suck. The first time he got sent away, that sucked. That was in third grade, and then that's I think when things started changing a little. Yeah, because mm. we were very tight. Yeah. Well, and then my mom was getting remarried. So you were going through a lot. Yeah. And then And you can't say anything. You're the ex husband, so you can't say anything about the new husband. Yeah, I can't go there. No. Yeah. You can't. And then that would be bad manners. And then he comes back towards the end of third grade, and then right away, less than a year later Ten months later I got deployed. They send him fucking back over there. Which is forever when you're little. Yeah. Two years is like forever. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean so to this day, like I always just say like the most you know. You see a kid just throwing a baseball at a fence, trying to hit the same spot <laughs> over because he has no one to, you know, and then he has to go run, get the ball after every throw and bring it back. You know, that's always like one of the most depressing images I have in my head. Yeah, you depressed me just now. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, that was my child. Then again, that, that's how I got pretty accurate with throwing. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, all right, you can't go inside until you hit this one spot on the wall 10 times in a row. Where did you deploy to? Oh, I, I sort of had it easy. I went to, uh, the first time was uh, Bahrain. Uh-huh. Uh, now, where is that exactly in location? That, uh, if I remember Bahrain correctly. is just. Uh, what is that, Northeast. It's a little island of the right off, uh, right off Saudi Arabia. So Saudi's like a, a peninsula, right? Kind of like almost like a bell, not quite bell-shaped peninsula, but it's it's okay. It's a clearly a peninsula, and it's what it was more Saudi like Arabia is landlocked on three is sides, it, isn't it? it? No, no, you've no. got the Persian Gulf. Persian yeah. Gulf. And it's the fourth side. And then Bahrain's about. It was only like a forty-five minute drive to. Uh, it was on the east side, right? To go to Dahran. In Saudi and that's where the scud. Were, that's where that scud missile fell. That's right? where the scud missiles. Yeah, and one of them was aimed at you, right? Uh, we had um, we had a few shot at us. Yeah. Some now the Patriot missile actually engaged knocked and knocked one down. Not only yeah. it only got one. Huh? Because at the time, I remember everyone was like, "Well, we all had aboard the Patriot missile," and then find out we had a few later, of them. And they overshot us. Yeah, and uh, few few dropped short, and um, mm-hmm. uh, one of them dropped went, short into Dahrain, right? Um, or was that one targeted for them? That was, I think that was the same night that it happened uh, to us, but I think that one got clipped and then sort of. So the know, Patriot missile went up, clipped it. Looks clipped. And it actually, I, I think it was clipped, and that's the one that came down. And, and it poorly misdirected it down. Yeah, it came, actually it was uh, Pennsylvania uh, Reserves. Oh, really? It was the Pennsylvania guys? Pennsylvania Reserves. Um, that it came down on their uh, dorm. Jeez. How many so, people uh, did that take out? I can't remember, but uh, that was scary. Probably sort of a, one of our heavier losses. Yeah. I think we lost probably more people 
during training exercises <laughs> leading up to the war than the actual war itself. So now after that deployment, you came back home and you got a different experience than like what people that served in Vietnam got. Oh yeah. yeah you came home and like everyone was you patting had, you on the back. Patting you on the back. Yeah. You had like not quite being American. Yeah, there wasn't quite like marching bands or anything like out the gate when you came out of the plane. Yeah. But there were there were people there supporting you guys and Yeah, when we got off you went schools had you go around and talk to them. Yep. Uh, you actually talked to my school. Yep, came in. You and your buddy uh, Mike. We brought the chem gear and we brought some uh, MREs and let the kids try That's cool. MREs. You actually uh, played us, didn't uh, Mike recorded one of the we scud, were, scud attacks? Yeah, it was the night we shot it down. Yeah. It felt like we got, you know, yeah, and the you ground played that, shook and Yeah, stuff you played like that, that for my school. Yeah. Got to be big man on campus for a day. Yep, and then went back BMOC. to my middle school where my dad worked and got to talk to the. Yeah. Uh, Talk to them. <laughs> Seventh and eighth graders. Yeah. Several hundred kids. Yeah. Yeah. And you did well. Yeah. And you did well mom, speaking in public and all that, right? Of course, mom criti- critiqued me and said a lot of um. You did a lot of um. <laughs> so if, but, you, yeah. if I had to give every oh. person a drink for all the ums I did. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was kind of like me when. You'd uh, still be drinking. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, then when I. Yeah. Yeah. I'll just leave it. But, yeah, so you got in front of this whole group, of people and you're afraid of doing a podcast. Well, that was a long time ago. <laughs> but that was a long time ago. Um, so, yeah. I was so sort of the, used to talking in front of people. When you're in the military, you get you got to do, uh, you know, I've talked to several hundred people, you know, at Luke Air Force Base about personnel issues, standing in front of them. And, I'd pass out. You know. I'd just pass out from here. <laughs> I That'd sort of got hard. used to it. It's now now yeah. that I'm retired, it's like I don't stand in front of people anymore. <laughs> right, right. Give speeches Private, or put yep. together briefings and have to stand. You in just you just grill BP. Yeah, you just grill your meat and watch your football games, basically. Pretty much now. Leave me the fuck alone. Well, you work full time still, right? As a oh, yeah. contractor. Oh yeah. So yeah, okay. So then back then, so when you were getting deployed and stuff, because I've always tried to like recreate like where I get some of my personality from. I'd like to know that as well. And Who's responsible? Mom. So. <laughs> Well, not me. Because <laughs> uh, I would definitely say that's where I get my stubbornness from. Ah, uh, funny. From her. Um, however, uh, what? Okay, when I would come and visit you on the weekends in Phoenix, what was I entering into? What kind of house was I entering as a child? Was it a clean was, room? Where I was spending? <laughs> where I would spend every other weekend? What kind of house was I spending it in? The animal house. Oh, really? Yeah. Sort of like Travis is now with his mm-hmm. buddies, except it was uh, three single gu- four single guys. And so four single guys and your kid. Under a roof. <laughs> now, did any of them have kids? No. Oh, I was man. the only one that had a kid. Okay. And, uh, so this place was probably built in the 70s, real kind of groovy style. You walked in, there was a living room. Didn't it have like this conversational pit yeah, in it? Like where you fireplace. Around a sunk fireplace. In fire, sunk in Sunken <laughs> fireplace that you had a pit around it. Yeah. To the right of the door was a study, which one of the guys was living in. Right. Um, in the back, you know, you had sort of like a smaller TV room, a kitchen. And then, uh, you know, you had the hallways with the bedrooms, uh, shared bathroom. Then my dad had the master bedroom in the back uh, that had its own bathroom. And it had a sliding glass door that led out to a pool. Yep. We had our- Almost exactly. We're in Arizona. <laughs> Got to have a pool. We had a pool. Sounds like the spitting image of where he is now. 
Yeah, I wonder where uh, I get some of this stuff from. So there's some, some pretty close. So now, um, are there? Um, so now you live there with. Well, we'll go Frank, started Bobby, off, Bobby, Dave, Dave, and uh, describe each of these guys. Let's start with Frank. Frank, Frank, uh, Frank's a Mexican, or so uh, he says. I'm still so trying to figure that out. Right. He's uh, he's from uh, Milwaukee, okay, Wisconsin, Milwaukee I think Mexican. He, I think he's a uh, Eskimo. I think he's a wannabe Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> you know, coming from that cold area, you're freaking Eskimo, Frank. <laughs> and was he in the same part of the service you were? Or was he just a regular yeah, guy? These guys were all we were in all, your unit. We were all in the same unit. We all worked together. We were all personnel, HR guys. It was essentially mm-hmm. the frat house for that unit. Yeah. And you're young. You're in your 20s? Uh, yeah. Um, Frank probably might be maybe a year older than me. Um, I'm you're thinking, in the same, but, but you're but in the we're same all age. In the same two to three years of parties, each other. girls. Yeah. It's got to be hard to mac on girls with your son there, right? Or was that was that useful? Um, no, not really. Not really. No, no, no. Because every, you know, every other, every other weekend when I had him, my time was with him. Pretty much, yeah, geared toward and, him. And so, so uh, but that didn't slow my roommates down. Put it no. that way. So I got to observe a lot of behavior at right. an early age. Right. So yeah, let's I won't see say here. it was the most appropriate yeah. way to bring a kid up. Well, you're, so, you're a young parent. And you're, so maybe that's uh, what molded him, the animal house. Yeah. So because then you had your Dave. 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 Who, uh, who Dave's Italian. Got, he's sort of your, you know, uh, gigolo. Yeah. You know, it, sort of. Well, this guy so, would just like grease up with like the oil. Oil. And just grease just, up. And like he had this con- like uh, speedo, speedo Canadian. Canadian. Canadian hot. Big Canadian o- flag. Thing on the back of Canadian his Canadian flag. <laughs> <laughs> so he just sit out there just greased up. And then like when, when he, he walks in the pool and just you can just see all the. The oil slick. Oil slick he leaves behind. It's like, and he can't swim, so he doesn't go in the deep part. But he stays. <laughs> but he ruins the walls yeah. of the pool. Yeah, so, yeah so, no, you just go, he was like the fucking uh, cabana boy there. Yeah. Or something like. <laughs> and he's Italian, so you have an Italian, yep. uh, pseudo-Mexican, Same. Eskimo. And, and, and then Bob, now Bobby. Bobby, the Jewish kid. The Jewish kid. <laughs> what a group. Yeah. Yeah. Very yeah, well. They were, um, so they would depart. And then um, that, con- that bedroom that uh, Frank... Because Frank was only there. That was shortly. the floating bedroom. That was the floating bedroom, and you had just this cast of people that would come in and out. Frank got uh, married. Was, moved Frank out. Frank got married. Then, and then there was Mike a guy, moved in. Mike, and now Mike's the guy that he came and talked at my school with. Mm-hmm. Uh, cool dude. Um, usually he would hang out, talk baseball with me, that kind of stuff. Um, and then yeah, I would always hear about these parties that they would be having. One time they had a daiquiri night. As I recall, um, this sounds seventies, but it's happening in the eighties. Yeah, and so I'm sitting there, and Jaws two's on TV. And I'm getting into Jaws two, and I'm watching it. And as it's going on, they're feeding me these little shots of the daiquiris. Mm-hmm. And to this day, mm-hmm. you can't tell me if those were virgins or not. I cannot say. <laughs> this has <laughs> happened. <laughs> And so as it's going on, you know, I'm knocking them back. The guys are knocking them back. And I'll never forget this moment. Just this was one of those like where the eight-year-old looks up at the 20-something-year-old and goes, what the fuck are you? So I'm watching Jaws 2. And, you know, like these two characters are talking. And my dad walks in the room. and He's like, oh, is the shark eating that girl yet? We're in the movie. I just look at him. I'm like, clearly she's still alive talking. No, the shark ate her. She got out and like fucking yeah. Now she's back on. So your dad ruined the movie. Jaws yeah, 2. Yep. just yeah. ruined Jaws two. Yeah, yeah. I was like, are you, 
Now, do you remember if you were drinking alcohol? Like I said, uh, to this, I, I keep. If you had to put I, money I keep, on it, I keep. I would go. For, I, I would bet in favor of. Of okay. Now, your mom let you go to the animal house. Well, yeah, she had to. He, yeah, he legally had yeah, me every you, other week. This day and age, you can just write in a letter to your attorney and say these are the circumstances. Yeah, and well, yeah, this go. was a different. I day think and she age. was pretty cool with us. Guys. And I mean, we I mean, didn't. Yeah, that was like only one time. Usually, what would happen is they'd start getting ready for the parties when I was leaving. And I'd be like, "Oh, come on, let me stay around, guys," because they were always telling me stories. Oh, dude, this chick was over. She was so wasted. She she walked right into the sliding glass door, man. Like, and you'd look, you'd and see the lip marks. You'd see like that. Yeah, this like makeup smear, and I'd be like, "I wanted to be there." At eight, you were already sort of more mature than your regular eight year old. Yeah, he saw a lot more than. Them I mean, yeah, when you would spend some nights, you saw some guys come stumbling. Oh, God, stumbling yeah, around. yeah. I, I learned quickly uh, at a young age that apparently beer really makes you have to pee. Right. I remember just seeing his roommates, bathroom, bathroom, oh, God, I got to go. <laughs> I'm just like, man, Dave really has to piss. What city were you living in? Uh, this was Glen- uh, Glendale, Glendale, Glendale yeah. Arizona. Just call it Phoenix. So, And then when did you get out of the animal house and... How many times have you been married now? Three. Three. So when did you make the second marriage? That was during... You you met her uh, while you were living at the end. Because I remember she would wear a fucking thong in the pool. (laughs) My grandparents would come and visit, and she'd be out there in a fucking thong. Good for you, I'd be John. Out there. <laughs> Good for you. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Don't make your fucking eight-year-old son yeah. uncomfortable or anything. We're, we're not talking about uh, you right now. We're yeah, just oh, having yeah, a yeah. shared Fuck moment. Fuck this guy. Yeah. <laughs> Good for you. Uh, uh, just give him three ja- daiquiris and jots, too. He'll be good. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, how different would you have acted? If what? If your next ex was a stunning young lady, I don't know that you would have been... Against it. We know Obi-Wan wouldn't be against it. No, Obi-Wan certainly <laughs> would not be against it. Um, I would imagine those two I mean, I would probably kind of be like, come on, do you, you got to wear the thong around my parents? Like, I mean, was that a little weird for you? Your girlfriend flashing her ass to your folks? I'll bet it crossed his mind. Yeah. Because you're military. That would not appropriate <laughs> the military at all. She was, no, in, the military she was in the military, too. too. Really? Yeah. yeah. Huh. Kind of an exhibitionist. Yeah, a little bit of a succubus, yeah. I'd say. Uh, Did it last long? No. No, not really. No. You I gotta, like how you don't really remember. Uh, we try, <laughs> to, we we try to forget for about six those. Years, we so. try to forget about those Might times. have been married longer than... Were you together six years? Um, yeah. About seven or eight. You were together seven or eight. Uh, I mean, because in El Paso, I mean... Well, you guys no, were too. I mean, she got cancer. And like yeah, you saw cancer. her through cancer. Oh, Jesus. Through now that. I'm a dick. I um, helped her through that. Well, I mean, I still call, I just called her a succubus, but I mean, you know, I, yeah, you're a dick too. Yeah, but I mean, she cancer. Well, I mean, dude, she was kind of a bitch to me. Yeah. So, I mean, there were times she was nice and I could talk to her, but then like she'd turn right around, like she would just turn on you. Imagine what a little know-it-all you probably were. And me, I don't. Was I a was I a know-it-all? It's okay uh, to be honest. I don't For think he was age? a know-it-all. For no. his age, no. I mean, I would come at you if you got, like, someone's batting average wrong or something. I'd probably yeah. correct you. I think it was more toward high school. High school's when it became difficult? I think I was yeah, a mellow right. know-it-all. I was really getting... Well, I think grade, I got... Yeah, eighth, ninth grade. I got... Eighth, ninth grade, I was getting... When I went to Italy... You would challenge us. Yeah. Start when I got to Italy, Italy really... <laughs> 
Italy really mellowed me out. Like, you know, just because, like I said, I think I had grown faster than other kids my age, so I wanted to be treated as an adult. At a, you know, or, right. I mean, all teenagers want to be treated as an adult, but, like, I was in there, well, I think I present a pretty good case for being, you know. Right. And so when we got to Italy, a country that does treat teenagers as adults, like, I think I was just finally able to, like, mellow the fuck out. Like, hey, I want to go have a beer. I can have a fucking beer. And it's cool. And, like, I wasn't out there getting wasted or anything. What was the drinking age? Or what is it? Basically, if you could see over the bar and present yourself in an adult manner, they'd serve you. No shit. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. So, um, so yeah, I, I never once got questioned when I, in Italy, carded or any of the such. So how many years was it between? But I think it was technically 16. Technically, I think it was 16. So you were hanging out with your dad for how many years between your mom and his second wife before they... Um, Let's see. You were well, still the, married Pretty to much her. the whole time I was at the animal house, I was single, you know... To, it wasn't the toward end. the latter part. Yeah. Right after I got back from deployments. Yeah. Start. And, so then, like yeah, yeah. and then you got shipped off to Texas, and she was still... About five years. Five years single. Okay. And then you were with this five, lady six. for eight. So that's 13. That puts you at 16, 17 after his second divorce? That's roughly correct. 89. No, your second, your second divorce. What, 98? 90, yeah, roughly. I, I was roughly a soft. Wait, I got divorced. The, the right last year, the last here. year, the last year that I remember seeing her, and it was kind of sad because she was really nice to me that year. Because I think maybe she knew that it was like over or something, so maybe she was being nice to me, like you know, like I want to end it on a good note with the kid or something. Because <laughs> she was she, that summer before my first Berkeley session, which would have been at the end of my sophomore year, summer of '98 was the last time I saw her. So I remember, you know, yeah, we were getting ready to ship, you know, I was getting ready to fly out and I was going to Boston. And I remember um, the night before just having a real long talk with her. Just a nice, like a good talk, not like a, uh, so that was the last time I ever saw her. So he was roughly your age after his second marriage. That's crazy. Really? Pretty close. Close to That's crazy. That's crazy. He's probably uh, he was younger 36. than you. Yeah. yeah, he was younger than you. A little older than me. Somewhere between my age and your age. You were thirty five, thirty three, thirty four. Well, let's see. When Nin- I got divorced. Well, yeah, let's just do, do the simple math. Nineteen ninety eight. So you'd so been thirty thirty six six. Yeah, because you were born thirty five thirty six. Yeah. So was, I think the but summer. you're November, so you were likely thirty five. It's like for me, I have a November birthday, mm-hmm. so November of 81. But whenever you do the math, I always have to think of it like I was born in 82 because, you know, I, didn't, I don't turn the age until later <laughs> in the year. So, like, if I'm like, oh, in 87, I was six. No, actually, I was five because I didn't turn six till the end of 87. Because I can't imagine having a 16. Five, probably, I think, 35 then. 16, 18-year-old kid and two ex-wives at your age would be crazy. Oh, dude, that would be a mess. <laughs> That'd be a lot. I don't even know if I'd be alive. I probably would have just ended it. <laughs> so you started all over from squa- scratch twice. Yep. How do you do it? How do you pick yourself up from the ashes <laughs> and rise again, a glorious phoenix? Well, you end up financially ruined to a degree. You're losing half your shit most of the time. Uh, Actually, fortunate for me, none of the exes really came after me for... You, with, you guys with your mom. Because you guys... I pay child support. Other than that, you know, just we split... Split furniture, but the house goes, the furniture all goes. Well, I mean, we, we never had a house. We 
apartment on base housing. You guys the each had time, your own cars. Military. Yeah, we each had our own cars. That made it, that so made it it's easy. like we just split up the furniture and Called pretty much moved, it, moved on. Yeah, yeah, didn't work. So see, now I know where I get it when I break up with my you never know, married long enough, so nobody yeah. could go after my retirement. Pay. Pretty right, even, that was Stevens. Good. Yeah. <laughs> and did you get married a third time? Yep. Now he is currently now, with the woman. Yeah, yep. that he's currently. We with. got married. Uh, that was 2002. What? We just hit our right uh, after. Yeah, right after 14th uh, wedding anniversary, July 13th. Yeah, because so, now you own houses, right? Yep. Yep. And well, she's been with you long enough where the retirement's... Uh, well, she's retired, too. Yeah, you, she's you, retired military as well, so we're both retired. Better watch your P's and Q's. So. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no, it took me three times to get it right, so... We, well, at least you found happiness one way or another. It just blows my mind how young you were for all that you were... You know, you had a lot on your plate. Oh, Yeah. Now you can see why said, I didn't date in high school. These 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 people scared me <laughs> scared the fuck out. Yeah. Now on the other side, did your mom? How, how many? Your mom's my been mom twice? was no. My mom's been married three times as well. Is well, she still with the third? She's still with, she's the, third. with the third. They took them both their third ones to stick. Well, three times is a charm. So they what, say three is the magic number. Yes. So about every two or three years, you're exposed to a new patriarch of the family. Uh, more like within five, five, six years. Every yeah, every five or six years, there's a new. Rough. Well, let's see here. My mom married him in third grade, divorced him at the end of sixth grade. So that was third, fourth, fifth. So it's about four years there. Took a year off. Is the etiquette? Eighth to... grade came back, married Jim. So yeah. Well, she's been married for a while. She's been married, now, yeah, longer I've than been, you and Jane. Yeah. yeah, been fourteen. So yeah, so um. But yeah, yeah, it was weird. It was just constant shifts. By the time Jim came around, though, like I just, like, I love the guy. Mm-hmm. He's a sweet guy. I love him, but I, I feel awful for him because by the time I got to him, I was like, dude, you're dude number three. I've been through <laughs> it. All right. I'm not going to call you dad. I, I have a dad. I know him. I love him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I understand you're making your kids call my mom mom. I think it's a little weird. Uh, but, you know, their mom was kind of, their mom kind of sucked. So I can kind of see it a little bit, you know, why they would call her mom. Um, but, you know, when it came to him, I was just like, dude, all right, here's, here's the deal. So you made yourself likable from go. Right? Yeah. I was just like, I'm pretty much, you know, you tell me to do something, I might do it. <laughs> you, tell, you know, um, typically, he- you know, but I was like, there's really only one person I'm taking commands from, and that's her. So I kinda, really, I didn't have that talk with them, but I pretty much kind of established that kind of. It's only the second partner that each of them were with that you're not in contact with, right? So and those and those were the ones yeah. that I just, I, I just yep. couldn't, I couldn't get along with them. Mm. Those the the first two, and it's not because it was like I didn't try, um, because you know, like them being the first ones, like oh, you're trying to replace my mommy, oh, you're trying to replace my daddy, Ed. Nothing to do with that. I just thought they were kind of pricks. <laughs> uh, that's great. Now, I, my parents, so my mom and my dad were both married before I was born. And then when they met each other, they had three kids. They had myself, my little brother, and then they adopted my little brother, other little brother, and then they had my little sister. Right. So I haven't, I have not uh, had the step mom or stepdad from my two original parents but I know of their exes very well I know of my mom's ex-husband and my dad's ex-wife okay and uh to a degree when you're little and the divorces and breakups are fresh 
the X's are always too somewhat demonized because everybody's mad. Yeah. And so I didn't realize, you know, who they really were until I got older. Like, oh, this, this person doesn't actually have fangs and claws. I yeah. picture you so much differently. Yeah. But it's uh, a lot of, it takes getting older and seeing how painful divorce and breaking up can be to appreciate why people are so pissed. Yeah. I mean, I've got a feeling if I bumped into, you know, your ex, uh, the one that's not my mom. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, I, I wonder about that. If I ever bump into her, what it would be like if she would, you know, because like I said, our last interaction was a very nice, delicate one. Um, but I think it was because we knew we'd probably never see each other again. Yeah. So um, so I do wonder, you know, what she would be like if I ran into her again. Uh, with the other one with my mom, the one that's uh, my sister's father. Uh, I never wanted to, you know, I'd hear that he was coming into town to visit my sister. I'd just be like, all right, cool. I'm getting the fuck out of Dodge because I don't want to see that guy. If I see him, I'm going to punch him in the fucking face. And I feel a little bit bad because he's dead now. Um, I did see his ashes, uh, and seeing his ashes kind of me, made me break down a little bit, you know, because, I mean, it's still, per- you know, it's my sister's father and he's dead. She never really cared for him much either. So, um, but, you know. Still sucks, you know. We don't want him to die, so well, right. You know, you just had a bad interaction with him when you were little, right? Um, but even as an adult, I still didn't want to see him. Whereas, I think I would be open, more open to seeing my dad's ex-wife. Now, how many of all of these people were in the military? All were Shit, all of your all spouses? Of, well, not my mom. My mom wasn't. Your mom wasn't, but the next two for your dad were God, all in the military. Let's see here. Yep. So, okay, if you count my dad, let's so start. Let's three. start from the beginning here. There was my dad. Okay, and my mom, but she wasn't, so it was just my dad. And then he was in, wasn't he? My mom, her first, he retired. He was out by the time they got married, but he was ex-military. Her second husband? Her second husband. Yeah. Your second wife. When she got out, she did like four, four six yeah, years. Yeah, same kind of like out. with my mom's first husband after you. Second husband, technically. So, okay, so there's three. And then Jim and Jane, four, five. So five out of the six people were military. And how did you not end up in the military? <laughs> because I fucking saw all this shit. <laughs> I saw like that petty bullshit that goes on. You know, you, you can't walk here. You can't go there. Oh, you got to look this way. You got to do that. Does that really seem like that flies with me? No, nah, he's not. He's can't not take, he can't take or, orders. <laughs> <laughs> no. Or rules. <laughs> really? For that matter. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> so, uh, we so, won't go there, will we? So no. being a military, so, but you like the regiment and the schedule and the order. Yeah, I um, I had fun. You thrived. I had, it? I did. I twenty four years went quick. I will never complain about the military. I would, if people were struggling, I would always push the military. I, I think it will get you on your feet, moving in the right direction, and then. Whatever you make after that, you know, whether you want to stick in or, or get out, but I think it gets you grounded. Yeah, I can see that. And, I, you know, I'd almost like everybody to get a little piece of the military or something like that, mm-hmm. you know, um, to serve their country for a year or two. Jesus, <laughs> I, man. Wait, I know, I'm terrible, but... That sounds like fascist. <laughs> like, but but I mean, all I, young I men just, must be conscripted for one year. <laughs> Uh, but I understand the because it gave a lot to you. It gave a lot to me. Uh, you know, I, you know, I, it's 
you know, I got a lot of pride in it. I mean, I can kind of relate. I, I, I think everyone should have to wait tables for a year or, you know, work in the service industry got, for a year as well. I got cousins so I and relate. stuff like that, you know. Yeah. Tired. Yeah, a lot of the McFalls, McFalls men of your generation. Your, did some military did time. Some, yeah. Do you feel like it matters who's president when you're in the military? Does it matter really which person is behind the helm? Because they don't really call that many shots. Um, yes and no. I remember during the 90s, uh, you were pretty upset because when Democrats were in, you said that they were cutting your money or jobs or something like that. Not necessarily. And so it had you worried. They would close bases was a big thing. Closing bases was, and we after the, uh, the first Gulf War, we started really uh, downsizing the military. Yeah. Um, and that had you a little, it ruffled yeah, your feathers a little, didn't it? A little. No, I think what ruffled our feathers is um, at the time during the 90s, they wouldn't give us raises. Yeah. They were f- doing a lot of you freezing. Were furloughed or whatever? Not furloughed, what but they, they sort of froze our, our pay. Mm-hmm. So we, you know, usually every year they give you a pay increase. Standard of living. Uh, right? Standard of living adjusts things, but... Um, uh, for a few years there, we we didn't get any. Right. So it wasn't until Bush came on that. Bush two or Bush one. Bush, Bush two. two. Bush two. That he came on, he gave us automatic. As soon as he gave us a ten percent pay raise mm-hmm. to get us caught up from all the years that we were not getting pay raise, and actually started giving the military some decent decent money for what for what you for do. what they do. Yep. And, um, because he knew he was going to need you for nine eleven, which he planned. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> uh, don't get me started. And so, as you see, the, all the cast of characters come in. Really, the only thing that affects you personally is when they try to like set the budget by cutting them the dollars. Yep. Um, you know, I still have my own personal. You know who would who I like? Sure, yeah, that's fine. Um, I. I have my own personal one, but, but yeah, between, you know, each president has their own different philosophy, and uh, some of them don't respect the military. It's pr- uh, almost all conservative, uh, almost everybody in the military is conservative. Yes. Mm, yeah. I won't say all, but. No, but Bobby was pretty, he was pretty liberal. Yeah. If you had to or put is, your, I think he still is. If it was a bad, and I just brought this person out of, you know, Bradley and said, okay, Democrat or Republican, you put your money in Republican. Cause it's oh, that yeah, that, that's the easy yeah. money. That's, yeah. the, yeah, I mean, that, that's the easy bet. But every now and then, you know, you got to... Republicans sort of are military. Because they're pro-military spending. Focused, pro, you know. yep. They're, they like to do that. And, um, you know, I've heard some stories about some of the Democrats from friends who worked at the White House and flew on presidential planes about some of the... Uh, maybe soon to be president. Not some. Oh, don't get this guy talking. Flowing, Jesus Christ! <laughs> flowing you, comments. Look what you've fucking done, man. I you, love, you, we won't give me go one. There, but no, you can't. You can't. Yeah, my dad talking politics. I, no, I, I, I just. You got one good story. Give me one good story about a president from the past. Um. Well, personally, I've never met him. That's okay. And, uh, but uh, the guy I work with. Now you're allowed to tell this story. <laughs> yeah. Okay, just making <laughs> sure. Right. Yeah, I don't want to get anybody in trouble. Just making sure you're allowed to tell this story. I mean, for, for all thirty people that'll hear it, it'll yeah. Be great. <laughs> I mean, just all right. Just um, so this is allegedly this happened because you didn't see it firsthand. Right, you weren't there firsthand. No, but you weren't there firsthand. My partner witnessed it. 
Okay. Taking care of uh, presidential planes. So allegedly this happened. Uh, basically, the Hillary. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. It's not very well liked. Right. Um, because she's had some stewardess, stewardesses fired on uh, the planes, the Air Force. Not, I don't, it's not Air Force One, but one of the other presidential planes that the First Lady and uh, uh, VIPs. And now, didn't. why were they fired? Oh, because they gave her, I'm trying to think, gave her something like potato chips or something, something she didn't like. Right. So she got so irate, she had the person fired as soon as they landed. Now, you do know who her husband is, right? Could it be that she used the potato chips as an excuse because maybe this woman might have been right up old Billy's alley? (laughs) Just just, just, just a thought. Just a thought. And she used... The potato chips as as a conduit, you know, to get you know to her means of ultimately just like we'll maybe say, not she having never this really beautiful woman any, around her any husband. In respect to the men and women in uniform that work on the planes that fly her around, that hold her hands, take care of them, and stuff like that. They, a lot of them, been known to so she not worked, return salutes and stuff like that when the military, you know, usually it's proper. Yeah, you know, you return the salute when they salute you and stuff like that. And you feel like just, she looks down her nose at people that aren't quite as in quite a high position. Yeah. Mm. So she's kind of not saying that you're saying this, but from the people that have worked around her, she's kind of a bitch. Yep. Yep. It feel like if I <laughs> we've all had that boss, but I feel like that's how, uh, every time I see her on TV, that's how I feel about she it. She sort of comes across that way. I'm staying the fuck out of this. You guys. <laughs> no, I'm fine with it. She, I know she, you she's are. never seemed real warm. I'm just, I'm staying the fuck out of this. Like one. If you had an, if you had an owie, you wouldn't go up to Hillary and go, Oh mom, look, you know, you'd, you'd feel like, well, I hope she did that for Chelsea. I doubt it. <laughs> she probably assigned someone to it and then fired them. <laughs> Cause she was too cute. Now the options this year aren't good. I mean, Paul, regardless of what your political affiliation is, it's not I mean, like how many, how many years are your options really ever great? When was the last time you feel like we? Well, God damn it! You fucking keeps you sucking me into this conversation. I don't want to go. <laughs> damn you! You do this. You too. do this. I'm just saying it's not that fucking the, the well isn't very deep this year. The well it's, is usually never that deep. He wants to get back just to the animal leave. house. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I like. I like hanging out. <laughs> we are hanging out. You know what? People should have more talks. I think that part of what divides us and makes it difficult oh, for right. everyone to get along so is let, that they don't want well, us talking. Me, so uh, I, they invited me over for Easter dinner, which, once again, thank you. It was a great Easter dinner. As soon as I sit down, boom, they just go right into the political talks. Mm-hmm. And you know, obviously in our family, that's, we don't do that. And so I was just like, oh, shit. <laughs> and then it gets to Travis. What do you think? The ham is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> We're not like that. We discuss religion, politics, sex, you know, whatever. Yeah. You know, we, yeah, we, you guys were very open. Because don't you want to hear what the person across from you thinks? Even it, was, when yeah, it, was, it was different. I, I will definitely go back over for a dinner if I get invited again. I would definitely go back over and have a conversation with your, you know, with your family. I have a lot of questions of people that disagree with me. I just have lots of questions. Like, how did you formulate your opinion? What is it that you liked about this or about that? What drove your decision that way? Because sometimes people pick things. Like Sarah Palin, how do you arrive at someone who doesn't believe in dinosaurs? <laughs> like, at what point do you trust that person with your country when they live in one of the largest 
deposits of dinosaur bones in the world, and they don't yeah. believe in dinosaurs. I've met her. <laughs> I've, I've, I've met her. She was... <sighs> she was as advertised, right? Oh, that's right, when you were up in uh, Alaska. Alaska. Yeah, Spent my ex, yeah, she was uh, the political correspondent for the NBC station up there while she was running for gov. Did you feel like she was a strong, <laughs> strong candidate? Uh, let's just say I would not have voted for her in that election. And right. her family was very much like your family. They would talk openly about it. And me being the one non-Palin supporter would just kind of sit there like, Fish is great. Fish is great. <laughs> the more salmon, salmon more salmon. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I'm for people talking more yeah. about that kind uh, of stuff. Then when, when we'd get home, I would talk to her. Like, Why didn't you say anything at the dinner table? Uh, probably because you know very well I would not vote for her. If I was an Alaskan citizen, I would not be voting for her. Uh, I like the uh, third party guy. What was his name that year? Halcrow. I liked him. I didn't like Knowles, the, the old, uh, the venerable Democrat uh, These are all people running in Alaska. Alaska in so 2006. So chances are like no 99% no one knows who no they're talking about. Yeah, right? but Tony Knowles, he was like the venerable Democrat that had been in for years and years. And Palin was the new, you know, she was the new spark, the new energy that was coming through. Then you had this guy that just made sense um, named Andrew Halcrow. And I liked him. No one else did. He lost, he, he lost by a lot. Uh so, yeah, it was interesting. It was an interesting time to be in Alaska and to see that whole Palin thing take over. And, I mean, just the they were almost ravenous about their change and wanting Palin. They didn't know she was retarded? Like, no one asked her simple questions? <sighs> she just smiled? She just smiled, and, yeah, you'd see uh, stickers, my governor's hotter than yours, and... Um, so she was attracted and, and she, she seemed like she was well, one And of then you? she would like in the middle of, you know, de- like the debate, she would just cut off the other opponents. And, you know, it was, it was very, it was very showboaty. And at the time, that's just, I guess, what Alaskans wanted and what they wanted to hear. And it, uh, yeah, it was, it was just interesting. Um, like I said, I, I got to run camera for, um, her from time to time. Not, not, and you know, when she was doing Palin interviews and that's how, uh, that's how I met Palin. She was. Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't like her politics, but she struck me as a nice person. But then again, you know, then I'd be driving home and I was thinking, wait a minute, she's running for governor. I'm here helping the press. Of course, she's going to be nice to me. You know what I mean? <laughs> Why she were you helping to. the press? Because like my, you know, my fiance at the time needed someone to run camera for her. What did she do? I just said she was the political correspondent for NBC. I missed that entire In Alaska. Life. Yeah. Yep. So that your, was her your job. Ex was a political correspondent for NBC in and Alaska for the NBC station in She's Alaska. It's got to be kind of the asshole job of the industry, right? Uh, no, get she was to well, Alaska for anything. It's never good. Well, no, she graduated from Alaska, then took the job took at the, the job, local okay. station in Alaska, right? And uh, yeah, she was the political. And she correspondent. ended up striking gold because Palin was gold. Yeah, and I mean, so she got a lot of stories. Yeah, yeah, she had some stories, and she was very pro Palin. She started dressing like Palin. That's 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 when I started getting a little worried. That's when Palin dressed pretty good. Uh, but you know, when the person starts dressing like them, they start, you know, wearing their skin, taking on their personality. You could say she lost a little objectivity there. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And so she would, she would kind of do some very pro Palin piece. And I'd be like, well, what about Halcrow? My guy, Halcrow, you going to give him the same, you going to give him the same, uh, respect. Oh God. And then you were for the other guy while she was obviously pro Palin. Yeah. So you just like to start shit. Me? Yes. 
I was thrust into this situation. I mean, I mean you were running I, camera. Like, How did they it. trust you with that? Well, it was just like she didn't have someone to run camera, and she, I was kind of there, and she was like, hey, be useful. <laughs> you know how to use a camera, right? Yeah. Run it. Okay. Okay. Did your dad come up and see this? No. Nah, Did you ever no. meet this girl? Yeah. Yeah. You yep. met her. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She came for your retirement. Yeah. We flew you and her down for my retirement. For, yep. Now, how certain were you it wasn't going to last? Um, I don't. I, I mean, at the time, I, I don't think you I really had any really, indication. Yeah. Uh, um, smart guy. He's in, he's, in, he's in an area where he knows what question not to answer. Yeah. He's like, I'm not going to answer that. Yeah. <laughs> I Were you shocked? <laughs> you learn from your own mistakes. I'm not one that can. Right. <laughs> I've right. made a few along the way. So you didn't, so you didn't, you, you didn't have any indication it wasn't going to go the distance. Well, I mean, in the case, too. I mean, she had just I mean, turned 21. I had just turned 24, 25. That's an old man compared to your dad. Compared to my dad. But to <laughs> me, that's still young. That's too young. Right. So, I mean, both of us, you know, we, we still had a lot to learn. I mean, for her, she needed to kind of learn. Like, she was very attack, attack, attack type personality, and she kind of le- needed to learn how to cool down a little bit. And then for me, I just kind of, I don't know. I think it was a little bit, was a little bit of a head scratch on Because didn't you propose to her? Yeah, St. Patrick's Day. And mm. then they moved out, so... I did a little head scratching on that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> He's so it's polite like, about it. It's like, dude, you really. <laughs> well, and you always never really the, well, dated I, or anything. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, I'd had something no, like, no, like a little bit earlier in that year. I'd had, I'm not going to go into it, but something yeah. really serious had happened to me, uh, kind of concerning, like, you know, relationship type stuff uh, earlier in that year. It was kind of like, okay, you're 24 now. She probably started growing up. Are you saying she was a rebound? No. That's kind of what you're saying. No, no, no. You're that's going not, down that road a little. I'm going to veer off of that road and okay. just, uh, <laughs> you know, mind your own fucking business. <laughs> um, oh, you'll dump it. <laughs> no, nah, uh, eventually I will. Um, maybe. Um, no, I just, uh, I'd had a summer fling that summer and uh, it ended. It didn't end because we knew it was a summer fling. But something happened within it that just made me go, whoa, 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 what the fuck? So you so, reevaluated. I, I reevaluated. Yeah, and nine this months caused later me proposed. a re- re- reevaluation. And then, um, and then, uh, in September, so about six months later, then, yeah, she came out to see me from Alaska. And it was St. Patrick's Day in Baltimore. And you proposed. Yeah. But that's not a rebound at all. Yeah, it's, a, it's kind of a distant... Well, this has been a good talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to... You know, you're not going to get that one out of me. Not yet. Well, we should probably, because we're coming up on that magic hour. We're actually a little bit over. Um, our suggestions, we're going to keep it going. You actually had a... Uh, last week, you had it all primed and ready. Like, this is what I'm into right now. I could believe it. Yeah. Your own recommendation. Do you, do you have the same thing fired up this week? So I did try something new this week. I tried Pokemon Go. I, I, I embarrassed to admit I downloaded it too. Yeah. So I tried it and I went looking for a Pokemon at work and the guys were like, yeah, you're not going to find any in the store. You got to go out outside. And I went out into the parking lot and nearly got hit by a car. Okay. And that put the kibosh on the Pokemon Go. 
I started uh, Googling it a little bit and reading about how a guy got in a car accident. Or walked uh, off a cliff. Uh, well, someone, that. yeah, someone, <laughs> if someone found a dead body in a in a lake. Um, someone, I think, fell down a hole. My work actually is a Pokemon gym, a large Pokemon gym. You've got a Pokemon gym at your work. Yeah, which is a big deal because people is, try to take well, it. It's a secure well, no, place. It's a secure place. It's a government <laughs> job, and they're catching. Po- they're training Pokemon there. So Whereas gonna, my job, I sit around and fucking look at a wall all day. <laughs> I've got time to train Pokemon. I wonder what. No Pokemon gym. There's going to be. Some I got to go. I got to. Right? I got to go out into the fucking street and nearly get hit by a car. So, so, so you tried it? Did you like it? Um, no. It's just I live out in the middle of nowhere, so like half the time the GPS doesn't work. And then, you know, so there's no Pokemon anywhere. The whole idea is to get you, you out of your comfort zone to new places. Right, right. Which you where, don't like. Where am I going to walk out in my, like, yeah, I walk out into, like, you know, my nowhereness that's out there. But there aren't Pokemon out there. Well, no, you kind of get in your car and you, like, explore the city or. This yeah. is like, I feel like I'm talking to a teenager telling them they need to get more exercise. Where would I walk? What would I do? Yeah, fuck that. Yeah, you're not going to do that. So well, and fuck getting hit by cars. It's a big deal. They crashed the servers the other day. I think it was Sunday or Saturday. They crashed the Pokemon servers. So many people are logging in and playing. Yeah, I mean, it's cool. I like the concept. I know I could shed a few pounds, stand to. So, I mean, I'm totally cool with it. Just, I mean, I don't know. I'm still, I'm still adventuring with Geralt of Rivia and The Witcher 3. I'm still, oh, I just got uh, MLB The Show. Uh, yesterday. Love that. Awesome. Yeah, just started. Uh, yeah, my pitcher, he's uh, double-A, Bowie Bay Sox right now for the Orioles. That's been out a while. Yeah. You're late on that Well, one. no. Uh, yeah, that, I'm, I was late on purpose. I, I got it for 40 bucks. Well, and then Stupid. I had a $20, $25 gift certificate. I only paid 17 bucks for the game. So. I, started, uh, I started paying attention to a show that my sister recommended to me yesterday called The Night Of, based on a BBC series called Criminal Justice. And it's a, an eight-part miniseries that kind of follows a New York City murder case, and it has all of these overtones and whatnot on it. But it, I've only seen the first episode, which basically sets up the whole, the whole case. Right. And it looks like it's going to be awesome. Okay. My sister was right on. She's right on the money. So, so if you're into, mm-hmm. like, the, uh, I don't know, my wife likes to, basically she's planning my death. Every time I come home, she's got... She's got the murder porn on? Yeah, the murder porn is on night and day. And so this is sort of in that same ire. It's actually, you know, the podcast Serial where they... Have you ever heard about this podcast? No. Where they're following an actual real case. I'm on Life at Life Attacks. I'm on When Life Attacks. There's only one podcast. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) If there were another extremely popular podcast, it would be called Serial, and it is that type of deal where they're following this this case all the way through and how how it was done and how the investigation was run and so on and so forth. This is a show in that very same vein, but done by HBO. So it's graphic and it's yeah. adult and it's dark and it's cool. It kind of reminds me of True Detective. Did you ever watch any of those? No, I don't watch the murder porn. We the, just, the closest I've come to it, I did watch The People versus O.J. Simpson. Did you watch True Detective? No. No. Uh, but I watched those uh, ID, you know. Uh, you watched the murder s- porn as well? Mm. Yep. Like. So, because your Joe wife Kanda. <laughs> is it is it mostly Jane? Is that the reason why you watch the murder porn, or did you get her into it? Who got no, who into it? No, I'd say more me. So you were I watching? Watch it. Wow, usually it's the murders. wife. Usually it's yeah. the wife that gets the guy into it. Nah, it's, yeah, this was it's you. Me, huh? I watched. Nah, dude. 
flick through a few of those murder things. Oh, Ooh, what's this? <laughs> Snapped, two decapitated in Iowa? And... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Snapped is the one that keeps honey, me up. Honey, honey, give me my cookies. <laughs> Snapped, I've watched a few of those. It's scary. Yep. It's about when the women just freak out and murder them for no reason. Oh, great. And they're never, like, gentle. They didn't, like, slowly poison them. They're no, always, no. like... Had him murdered. He was yeah. dismembered. Girls yeah. will take out after you. Oh, they're fucking sadistic. Yeah, <laughs> deadly sins. <laughs> Other one. Yeah, he's like got them all down. Friday or Saturday night. <laughs> you just, you just fucking, you just threw it right in his strike zone, man. <laughs> so, um, Dad, do you have anything? Uh, no, not like you guys. I just sort of have my weekly shows. I watch it. Well, Bill well, O'Reilly, Legends, and. Miss, or What's the Legends newest? and Lies. What's the newest? He's the thing? one that's called uh, the Patriots about the uh, the Revolutionary War. Which you uh, would think would be that's like one the of my Declaration favorite. of Independence. Yeah, that's like one of my favorite areas of study was colonial America, specifically li- that, leading into the Revolution. Talking about you know John Adams, uh, uh, Hamilton, Hamilton, mm. Burr, of course. I haven't got to that part. Hamilton versus Burr. Hamilton yeah, we, v Burr. Now, is this an older show? No, no. Uh, um, like every summer, uh, Bill O'Reilly puts out, uh, last year it was uh, on, uh, on Westerns. Mm-hmm. You know, like your Billy the Kid, uh, your George Custer. That'd be interesting. Uh, thing on Billy the Kid. Yeah. So about some of your different, uh, you know, gunslingers. You know, what was truth, what was myth, things like that. And so that's sort of doing that with the Patriots right now, so... And so that's the summer's show. Yeah, I watch that. And what but, channel is it on? Um, that is Fox. Fox, like Fox Nine or Fox? No, the no. no I mean, that's Fox. his. Your Fox Syndicate. Syndicate. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Usually Sunday nights. Uh, watch that, and I'm in the net naked and afraid. I'm in the that's naked and afraid well. as well. XL. Now. Yep. Yep. Watch. I don't know why. Last night, but it's I the recorded. it's the same plot every show. But yeah. for some reason, I keep watching. It's, w- not, it's nothing to do with them being naked. I think I just am I a sadist? I got I Jane like watching it. Anna watches it. We we. It's the personality. Would be my I think. Yeah. How they? Yep. How they try to mesh together or don't mesh together, and the group dynamic is always just shit because everybody's like <laughs> trying to recover from no caffeine or sugar, yep. and then get along in the large group while you're starving to death. Yep. Jeez, <laughs> you haven't seen Naked and Afraid? Uh, oh, you're gonna have to come over with the folks for Sunday dinner. <laughs> yeah, apparently I'm learning a lot about myself <laughs> this week. Apparently, I always thought that it was the uh, Gearhearts that were the my mom's side that were the uh, the rebels, the outlaws, and. Turns out, you know, my dad watches fucking murder porn. He does. He's the one where I got my fucking frat house behavior from, my, my yeah. animal house behavior. Yep. You know, I, I didn't, you know, you don't think of that. Like, yeah, yeah, it all came from that side of the family. The when, you know, they're the ones with the rebellious genes, the McFallses. They were always the good church going, you know, Boy Scouts. Actually, now that I've met your dad, I can I can sort of see where the puzzle pieces kind of kind of come together a little bit. <laughs> yeah, he's more responsible for the final product than he thinks. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, one actually, when we were talking about the show, uh, the baseball game, uh, one last story. Actually, I I, I got to hear from my dad. Um, I got to hear him tell it because uh, there's there's a baseball player that you just fucking hate. <laughs> Who is yeah, it? A guy named Mark McGuire. Why do you hate? <laughs> you dislike Mark McGuire, Mark one McGuire. of the Bash brothers. Oh, now, yeah, well, now yeah. why? Now why do you hate Mark McGuire? <laughs> well, back at the time, I think they just uh, won the uh, World 
World Series 88, so I think it was like 89. So Travis was sort of a Oakland A's fan at the time. I mean, yeah, you, I mean, you, you switched. That's one of your favorite. One of one your of teams a, yeah. You like. I mean, I always rooted for the Orioles growing up, and ultimately, you know, you grow up and you settle on your team, which is mm-hmm. the Orioles. But growing up, you know, you get enamored by home runs. Canseco, mm-hmm. McGuire, we're hitting a ton of them. Yep. So you know. Um, and then for me, I always loved pitching, too. So I'd root for the Dodgers, too. You know, Hershiser. And then, you know, WGN. You always, so you always had Cubs games on during the summer yeah. when you were bored as a kid. Yep, so you kind of become a Cubbies fan hey, that way. Cubs. Yep. yep. So anyway, so yeah. So um, A's had spring training yes. in Phoenix. Yep. So during the height. And this is during the height of, like, the Bash Brothers. Bash Brothers. Right. So we went to uh, check them spring training game. So we watched him after the game was over. Uh, we were, tra- Travis and I were able to get down, and we were sort of able to mingle with some of the players and stuff like that. Um, basically, they sort of sort of walk into the uh, to the buses and things like that. So we, we caught up to Mark McGuire, and, you know, Travis, little six-year-old, Mr. McGuire, can I get your autograph? Sure. You know, jazzed, you know, looks down at him, you know. No kid. Really? <laughs> yeah. Turned him down. And just walked like, just walked <laughs> on to the bus. Travis and I just stopped and seemed to phase on that poor kid. <laughs> Six years so, old, you weren't adorable enough to pull Mark McGuire's heartstrings. No. That guy's a fucking piece of shit. <laughs> so you hate him too? <laughs> well, I No, do, I don't. Uh, I think he no, forgets no. about that, but it's like. I mean, I don't really know. remember that so much. I but don't. then you hear my dad tell the story like. The look that motherfucker put on my son's face. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I can, you know, like, like talk about like, like the times, like, like for that's Sammy when, Sosa. Yeah, I was rooting I for hope. Sammy Sosa and the home run, that whole Sosa McGuire. Sure. I was like, go team Sosa. But, you know, like, I could just still see my dad. That's the moment my boy turned. He was a good kid before Mark motherfucking McGuire <laughs> shot him down. Now, were you guys because kind it, of assholes for chasing him, or was it the appropriate time to sign? No, because uh, other people were able to mingle in. Because, um, like I said, the players sort of walk out the gate for, of the uh, I guarantee you, stadium, if I had a $50 bill, he would have signed it. And people sort of go out there and mingle with the ball players, and mm-hmm. You could actually... That's what you know, spring like training that games, that's what you did in spring training Get up training and close games. and stuff like that, ask for... Yeah, he was just and stuff. unapproachable. He was yep, just too big just a deal. Right beside him. Yep, just too fucking cool, dude. Apparently, of course, he didn't give anybody else an autograph either. So he you just, were treated fairly, just <laughs> fairly <laughs> shitty. Yeah, yeah, just, just shitty. <laughs> you know, because you always hear, you know, like baseball players, you know, from his generation, like, oh man, the moment that changed my life, like Willie Mays was my idol, and then I asked him for his autograph, and he gave it to me, and I learned that he was such a nice, cool guy. And I wanted to be like him, so I started playing baseball. And then I started doing steroids and started telling kids to go fuck off if they didn't have $50 for my autograph. I understand he's a tough personality, old Mark McGuire. Yeah. He yep. isn't the sweetest guy. So yep. pretty much your story falls in line with just about everything I've he ever was. heard about him. Yeah. Because he was highly touted right out of the Olympics. He always thought he was a big deal. Yeah. I've heard the guys just about as vain as they come. Yeah. And didn't he basically tell Congress to fuck themselves? <laughs> pretty much. He just pled the fifth well, over and over yep. again. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it makes sense. The story makes sense. So, yeah. I mean, both of us were just like, dude. Pin the fucking asterisk on that guy and keep it there. That's yeah, looking like it's going to happen. So good. Yep. He fucking earned his asterisk. <laughs> well, it was cool to have our first guest. Yeah. Yep. So Appreciate thanks. you guys having me on. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for stepping into the firing line, Dad. Yeah. Well, we're going to call it a ball for the week. Let's call it a ball. Uh, well, uh, it's Travis McFalls. John McFalls. 
James Hamilton, have a nice week. Fuck Mark McGuire. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Why don't you follow us on Twitter at When Life Attacks or Facebook When Life Attacks Podcast. Or you can look directly at our blog, which is whenlifeattackspodcast.com, where you can view our complete list of social media. If you prefer to keep it simple, you could just email us at whenlifeattacks at gmail.com. Hey, Dad, let me ask you a question. And what's that, son? Do you think it's wrong for a man to accept money from a woman to, you know, show her a good time? I was just thinking about that this morning. The idea of a man whore is a relatively new idea. Cologne? No, thanks. These women are looking for something more than just sex. They want romance. What do you mean? Well, it was like when I met your mom. God rest her soul. I didn't have so much as a toilet to clean. Still, I wasn't going to pay her a dime for sex, no matter what she was charging. What? Well, your mom could have had any man she wanted in that strip club. And this being my first time in Bangkok, I was looking for a good time myself. You met mom where? Oh, it's not important. The thing is, she saw something in me. Beyond the 200 baht. A man with an eye for adventure. Who wasn't afraid to risk it all. Dad, are you saying that... So we took all her $1 bills off the stage said goodbye to that donkey. And two days later, we were man and wife. And we were happily married. Long time. So do you think I should be more of a risk taker? Worked for me. Thanks, Pops. <laughs>